Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, in partnership with Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, presents a podcast for families in crisis. Hello and welcome to a podcast for families in crisis. This is the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, and my name is Anne DeSantis. I am the director. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us. We are here on YouTube, Podbean, and also on the TuneIn app on your phone. So we're very excited for our guest this evening. His name is John Paul Kasparovich. He is a Catholic lay evangelist. So John Paul, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Good morning, Anne. Thanks for having me. That's awesome. Yes. Now here we are uh, taping this in the morning, even though the actual podcast will be aired on an 8 p.m. Thursday evening. So just so people know that this is pre-recorded, but I am here on this podcast on YouTube as it is premiering, uh, answering any questions that you have, but also wanted to mention to you that please feel free to reach out to us at the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. Our website is nonatus.org. That's N-O-N-N-A tus.org and we would love to hear from you whether it be a prayer request or just anything else any questions that you may have because we help families in crisis and our initial mission has been to families and individuals who are affected by divorce and separation so thank you again for joining us i also would like to make a shout out to our spiritual moderator who's here on the premiere with us on youtube and his name is Father Kenneth Breen. He is a Mercedarian friar, and that is where we were formed, which was from the Mercedarian religious order. So very grateful for the Mercedarians. And you can learn about their religious order at orderofmercy.org. So I encourage you to please go and, and look at their website and connect with them on social media. They can be found at Mercedarian Friars USA on all of the social media platforms. So back to John Paul. John Paul, so great to have you with us. And I wondered if we could start out, if you would, with your own story. You are a man of faith, you are a husband and a father, and have so much to share with us. Yeah, sure. So um, like you said, I'm, I'm married. I have uh, my wife, Kate, and we've been best friends for almost 31 years. So praise God, uh, we've been married for uh, going on 23 of those years. And we have two children. Uh, my daughter, Victoria, is 19, and my son, Jacob, is 17. Uh, Victoria, she, is, uh, she works for Kinder Care right now, and uh, she also does a lot of different things. She loves to figure skate. It's one of the things she does. My son, Jacob, he, he's really big into cars. He's, well, he's going to be a senior this year coming up. And uh, 
my wife is an art teacher. She teaches at two different Catholic schools. So we, we got, got a lot of going on. It's, it's the way it is, but that's good. Uh, for myself, you know, we try to be, be as, as uh, faithful family as we can. Obviously, we're not perfect. Nobody is, right? We go through our family struggles just like everybody else. And, um, but for me, I wasn't raised that way in the first place. So uh, it was a long journey for me to really get into, uh, really come close to Christ, but also then eventually become Catholic. So, you know, my, my story kind of starts, you know, when I was uh, younger and about, you know, seven years old or whatever. And, uh, you know, when my parents uh, did get divorced or whatever, and uh, two of us children, there were four children at the time, and two of us would live with my dad and two lived with my mom. And, uh, but we weren't really raised to go to church, even though sometimes we were in Catholic school. Uh, that was just because it was better than public school where we were living in Trenton, New Jersey at the time. So um, when the public school was decent, we went to public school. When not, then we went to Catholic school. So, I mean, I had some great experiences sometimes when I was in Catholic school, some things I remember and look back on now and say, wow, that's why God did that, you know? Um, like, for instance, there was this one little old nun. Her name was uh, Sister Pauline. And, and she, I remember her taking us outside once and showing us this Jerusalem thorn bush. And I don't know if you've ever seen that, but the thorns are you know, like an inch and a half to two inches long. And she would tell us that this is what they used to crown Jesus um, during his passion. And it always stuck in my mind, but yeah, I never really thought too much of it, but I just had that memory of this, this gigantic thorn, you know? So anyway, um, we went to mass when I was there, um, but that was, you know, just because we had to go on, uh, I think they went every Thursday or something like that. But that was actually my first communion uh, because they went to mass every Thursday. And, you know, I was baptized, I think, when I was like four years old. But um, I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of followed the line, you know, of kids. They went up this little line during the mass and father was giving something out. So, you know, I got the host and I watched what everybody else did. And so I just did what they did. You know, I didn't really have any clue what I was doing. Uh, the only shame to that is that, you know, you don't get a second first communion, right? You know, so that, that was it, you know, and there was no little suit or anything like that. Um, but anyway, long story short, uh, my parents, you know, split up and then, um, my, my dad got remarried and, um, I have a brother through that marriage, you know, who I love very much. And his name is Joshua. And then I have a, my mom got remarried and, and I have a sister named Allison through that marriage. So we call each other our bonus siblings is, is what it is, you know? So anyway, um, that was really tough for me though. You know, the, the, the breakup, that's a big part of what led me, I believe eventually to Christ. And, uh, you know, cause I struggled a lot with it. I really did. I had a lot of anger issues, a lot of frustration, you know, there's always this burning question inside your mind of, of why, you know, why did this happen? And, um, my, my dad used to have this phrase when it came to us kids, like if we were fighting or arguing, um, he'd be like, you know, all right, I want to take your heads and smack them both together, you know? And, uh, you know, I always wanted to say that to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, just be like, I just want to like take your heads and smack them both together. What happened? Somebody tell us, right? So anyway, what that did for me though, is it really instilled in me this desire to want to know the truth. You know, I love my parents, but you know, dad would say this and mom would say this and 
you know, it didn't always jive, you know? So it really instilled in me, like, I, I really want to know, like, somebody's got to have the truth. Somebody's got to be telling the truth. What happened? So, you know, as life went on, my parents got remarried, yada, yada, all that stuff. Unfortunately, my mom got um, divorced again, and, and that's a whole nother story. Um, but it does kind of play into all this because – um, during my faith journey, when I really started um, at about age 19, really started to kind of dive into the Bible and start learning, I didn't really have guides. I didn't have people who were supportive of that. And, and it really wasn't something that was, um, you know, thought of as, as a really good thing. My dad kind of thought I was going off the deep end, you know, kind of going nuts a little bit, you know. Um, so anyway, you know, fast forward or whatever, and we get to you know, I'm in high school and that sort of thing, but all this penned up anger and frustration of not knowing really affected me to the point of, I, I was a pretty angry kid, you know? Um, it wasn't like angry, disrespectful angry. Like I was a very decent student, I guess you'd say. I had a good grade point average. I was 3.72, which I think is pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was a decent student, but I had inside of me this burning frustration and uh, it always kind of came out when somebody would be picking on me or something like that, or, or they would be, you know, making fun of me, I could take it for a while, but then after a while, it got to the point where I just lost it and all this frustration and all this pent up anger that would, would come, uh, not just from the, the divorce and all that, but you know, I lived with my dad and my brother and you know, my brother, you know, he's an older brother. So, you know, I, that was a little difficult for me at times. And, um, but anyway, so like, for instance, at school, if, if a kid started really getting on my nerves and I couldn't take it anymore, I would just pound on them. Literally, I would lose control and just beat them to a pulp. And I was a small kid. I wasn't a big kid, but I, I never really lost because I was so out of control uh, that took people to like pull me off and stuff. And, and unfortunately, I had been suspended from school for fighting. I, I, I actually hit a teacher once and got kicked out of school for a few days for that. And, um, but it, it was just all this inside. Anyway, so when I, when I was a junior in high school, uh, for, I don't even know what caused this, but for some reason, I just started reading the Bible. And I started to read about Jesus Christ. And I, I started to remember some of these things that, I, that you know, uh, sister would say, you know, back in seventh grade, right, about Jesus. And I remembered that thorn bush and and, and all this stuff. And then I started to read about not only how Jesus died, but really how he lived, you know, and, and a lot of the things how he taught us, he wanted us to live. And a big part of that was in the gospel, Matthew, uh, you know, on the Sermon on the Mount. And when Jesus starts to talk about forgiveness, that was a big deal for me because Jesus wasn't just saying, oh, be nice to your neighbor, which he said, yes, but he pushed the issue and he said things like, if you do not forgive others their sins, your sins will not be forgiven. And that was a big deal for me because I started thinking about how much I held against my, my mom and dad and how much I held against my my brother who I lived with or anybody who had wronged me in any way or did anything that I thought was unfair to me, I realized how much of that I was hanging on to. And it really caused me to be bound up with this anger. And so when I started reading about Jesus and what he said, and then I realized how he died and, 
And I realized that Jesus died for me, you know, and, and to be free of that frustration and not be bound up by that anger all the time. Um, that was a big deal. And then to top it off, I realized that Jesus and I accepted that Jesus was God. And to think that the God of the universe who created everything and is so huge and so magnificent would think of someone like me who I felt at that time in my life was just insignificant and uh, really could have cared less whether I was on the earth or not. Um, that made a huge deal to me that the God of the universe cared and loved me and that he wanted me to be free of that anger. So I really started to walk this path of forgiveness and I tried to understand. Now it took, it's years and you know, I'm still struggling with things. It's just the way it is. But when you start down that path of forgiveness, there's a freedom that comes with it. And little by little, I started to become more and more free of this anger and this frustration. And I wouldn't build it up inside all the time. I would be able to let it go and allow myself to understand another person's perspective, you know, to even look back on my family and say, yeah, I can understand why my mom would say this or why my dad would say this and, and that sort of thing. And it just led me into a deeper, deeper forgiveness. And then that led me to want to know more about Jesus. Because like I said, early on, I had this deep desire to know the truth about my parents, like what happened. But then it led me to a deep desire to want to know, okay, just, I got that. Jesus is God. I get it. I accept that. Okay. But why do so many other people say so many different things about Jesus? You know, for instance, why does the Catholic church believe what they believe? Why does the Protestant churches believe what they believe? And I wanted to know. So I, again, that deep desire for the truth just kept, you know, really hounding me and hounding me and hounding me. So I went on this search and I started, you know, researching different religions, not just Christianity. I, I've read books on all major religions and I love studying and I thought it was fascinating. Um, and so I just kept learning. But then, you know, through all that studying and studying about people like you know, Muhammad and studying about people like Gandhi and studying people about uh, Buddha. And then obviously comparing that to Jesus and what I learned in the Bible, to me, there was no comparison. Like Jesus was God and none of these other people were, <laughs> you know, so I just, so I just really started. Then that led me to ask more questions, go deeper when it came to even churches. I wanted to know, the whole truth. Somebody had to know the whole truth. And make a long story short, that's when I wound up going into a Catholic church and um, I met a priest who really challenged me to find out more about the Catholic church if I was really searching for the truth. And so I did. And then I wound up going through RCIA and learning and stuff like that. And, and by the end of that, I could not, I couldn't deny it anymore. You know, to me, what I understood, what I've learned and what I've researched and what I've gone through, the Catholic Church has the fullness of truth. Yeah. And, you know, so I wound up getting confirmed Catholic. Um, after that, I married my wife. Um, we had been dating for seven years. And part of that experience was that we while we were dating, I would also go to mass with her and, uh, you know, kind of learn that way, too. And so then we got married, we had our children, that sort of thing. To make a long story short, uh, God has blessed us through that. 
And um, so many things have happened since then, even to the point of my own mother eventually becoming Catholic. And I was her sponsor when she became Catholic and she was like 60 years old. And that was years after. And the funny thing is, is she didn't even come to my confirmation. She thought I was crazy. So, and I've seen so many things from that. You know, I've seen my brother take his family to church and get them all baptized. You know, they're, they're not Catholic, but they, you know, at least they're on that journey. You know, they're on that journey to following Christ. You know, I saw my dad take his wife to the parish priest and have his marriage blessed. Um, so, so many things like that I've seen that God's working and all because, you know, he showed up in my life and taught me really how to forgive. And, and that was a big deal. So, I mean, I guess that's in a nutshell. There's so much to the story. I could be here for hours, but uh, we don't have hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We, this is an hour podcast. Isn't it amazing? And I say that to the people who are listening. You are listening to John Paul Kasparovich, and he is a friend of the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. We're so grateful to him. If you'd like to look him up on social media or connect with him, uh, his name again is John Paul, and I'll spell his last name. It's K-A-S-P-E-R-O-W-I-C-Z. In addition, I'm going to give you two websites that you can take a look at. And that's going to be our next question, John Paul. Is uh, First, he has a music ministry, and it's called singlehearted.com. Now, singlehearted has a hyphen between single and hearted.com. And that is, as I said, music ministry. And the other one is bigheartharvest.com. That is his farming ministry that he has with his family to help those in need and, and help to get food to those who need it. So I uh, wondered, John Paul, if we can talk a little bit about both of those ministries as well. But I just want to comment before we do that, that I want to thank you for sharing your faith story as an adult child of divorce, because part of the ministry for this foundation has been, since our founding, uh, outreach to those affected by divorce and separation. Um, we previously used to have a, uh, a support group online that was for adult children of divorce. Uh, we are still doing individual appointments. So if you are listening to this podcast and you would like to have a meeting with uh, our spiritual moderator and or myself, I would invite you to go to our website at nonatis.org on the contact form and please reach out to us. Um, in addition, I'll give you my email address that you can reach out to me um, and make an appointment with us at director.srnf at gmail.com. So back to you, John Paul. Uh, I wondered if you can share with us about singlehearted.com, your music ministry. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've been a musician since my mom bought me my first guitar when I was 10 years old, you know, and, um, you know, through that, you know, I, I, my younger years, I, I got into a heavy metal band and I was playing all kinds of secular music and stuff like that. But when I came to Christ and I really dedicated my life to Christ, I, I realized that, you know, it just wasn't compatible so when I got confirmed Catholic, I, I am the type of person that's all in. So uh, there's a passage that Jesus says, w when a person puts his hands to the plow, he doesn't look back. Um, and I, being a farmer, I can understand that reference. <laughs> you know, you got you to focus on what's ahead of you. So, so that's the type of person I am with my faith as well. When I got confirmed Catholic, I just dove right into whatever I could do ministry-wise to let people know about Jesus Christ. And, and obviously being a musician, that was, to me, that was one of the biggest things to dive into. 
Um, but it wasn't just music. It was also, you know, just, I would speak to anybody about Jesus. I remember there was this youth minister who really is my mentor for ministry. And he's my, now my son's godfather, but he invited me to come and speak to a bunch of kids about my relationship with Christ. And I jumped at that chance. And, um, you know, it just started from there. I started speaking at different events, different retreats, that sort of thing, you know, on a small scale. But then I also did a lot of singing and learned a lot of praise and worship songs and, and that sort of thing. So, so that's what that ministry is all about. It's a, it's a retreat and music ministry. Um, people can find out more about it, but we do confirmation retreats, faculty retreats, any kind of retreats. I tell people, I will talk to anybody. If you bring your dog, I will talk to your dog. I don't, <laughs> you know, so, um, and, and so that's what that's all about. And it's led me to be able to go all over the country really. And, uh, do all kinds of music ministry with adoration and mass, whatever, just, or even just contemporary praise and worship concerts. But then also speaking wise, like I said, confirmation retreats, faculty retreats, youth retreats, adult retreats, men's retreats. Again, it really doesn't matter. I remember doing a retreat earlier on, a sister called me and she said, we'd love to come speak to these young adults. I said, that's great. Now, and she said, well, I want you to know that this, I want you to come and speak. Um, it's, it's a bunch of single people. They want, so if you can come and speak to them about being single. Oh yeah, by the way, it's also a Spanish community. So, but my problem was here I was, I'm married, I'm not single, and I don't speak a lick of Spanish. So, but she wanted me to come and do it. So I did. And it went great, you know? So, but I, again, I'll go anywhere. And, uh, but it's been a real blessing. So it, that's been uh, t almost 22 years that we've been doing that. So praise God. And I can't tell you enough. So many amazing things have come out of it. Um, but also we do a lot of um, multimedia work too. So like, there's a lot of stuff online, whether it's on the website, singlehearted.com, Facebook. Um, and one of my favorite things to do is sometimes we have online prayer meetings and stuff like that too. So, so I enjoy that. Whatever I can do music wise, I did mention about that, my mentor really quick. And he had, when I started getting into music ministry, one of the things he said to me was this, he said, if you want to get into music ministry, the best thing you could do is go and sing at a nursing home where they have de uh, dementia and Alzheimer's and they won't remember you. And I thought that was the best thing ever because what he was saying to me was that if you want to dive into this ministry, it has to be about Jesus. It can't be about you. It's got to be about Jesus. And once it starts to become about you, you need to stop. And you know, I've taken that philosophy with me into ministry wherever I go, because the goal has to be single hearted for Christ and just really focused on bringing people to Jesus. So, so that's what that's all about. <laughs> no, absolutely love it. And for the people who are listening to this podcast, we have a little treat. I thought you could give us uh, one of your tunes, if you would. Sure. Uh, and, and our audience here, as this podcast is Families in Crisis, I know, John Paul, that you'll pick one that will speak to them. So uh, tell us which one you will be performing. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I'm going to think about that now. Uh, yeah, no. Um, seriously, yeah, I'm going to sing this song. Um, it's just called Without Your Love. And, and really, it's, it's one of these songs that, it's, for me, it's a song of intention and prayer intention. So I, I use this to pray for all kinds of different people. Um, so that's what this is about. It's, it's more of a song about intentions. And the first verse of the song really speaks to my heart because when I was in that phase of trying to figure things out, wondering what God was doing with my family, wondering what God was doing with my life, um, it's really 
praying for those people who are in that, in that position. Like, God, where are you? You know, what are you doing with my life? So here we go. around the world today everything's a tragedy as our culture cries out for unholy pageantry I find it hard to sleep at night toss and turn in dreams I'd fight so many questions so little answers I can't save them on my own. I can't put out these fires burning out of control without your love. So I'll sing it all alone. And I'll sing it with the choir. Sing a song about your love that saved my soul. Think about the selfish plans Starts out without a wedding band And the child who cries out I'm not worth it Think about the homeless man On the streets of the promised land And the warrior who cries out I can't take these nightmares I can't save them on my own. Can't put out these fires burning out of control without your love. So I'll sing it all alone. And I'll sing it with the choir. Sing a song about your love that saved my soul. Beautiful. Oh, I, I just love that one. I'm glad that you chose that one, John Paul. So I also would like again to let our listeners know that they can go to single-hearted.com. Now, how can they get that song if they'd like to download it or more yeah. of your music? Is it on there? I have, unfortunately, I got to get to the point of the downloading thing. Um, I haven't put out an album in years. I put out an album about maybe 15 or 20 years ago. And that was on CD. And now, you know, the big thing, obviously, is all digital. So I'm still working out that. But if they really, really want to listen to it, they can find it on the website for sure, um, on YouTube um, or on Facebook. But the website would have it there for sure if you go to singlehearted.com. You, you just see music ministry link there, and it just has all different. Actually, that was probably under the one that says original music. So um, they could check it out there. That's great. And, and, you know, when you shared your story, first of all, I didn't really get to address some of what you said. Yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that you were so open about things that happened when you were younger and even uh, some of the uh, violent things that happened in your heart that, you know, wanting to just let out some of that aggression. And for mm -hmm. those who are listening that are families in crisis, because that's what this podcast is all about. Uh, I appreciate the fact that you are uh, sharing that with us because it does help when you see someone like yourself, John Paul, who has been 
given healing through the Lord and through the Holy Spirit, it certainly is encouraging to those who are going through very rough times. Uh, if someone is listening and would like to contact you and maybe connect somehow, is there a way that they can uh, connect with you directly? Oh, absolutely. Again, either through the website, there's actually a chat function on the website as well. So like they could, we could just chat through the website or Facebook. I don't do Facebook messenger too much because there's so much junk that comes through on that. that I, I, I mean, I do check it, but, but my web, my email address anyway is John Paul at singlehearted.com. So they can email me directly as well. Um, either way, I, I would be willing to speak with anybody. And I, one of the things that you had mentioned, and, and I think that people need to understand is that um, if you're going through something like that, whether it's divorce situation or, or whatever, or been through that in your life, you know, they're, they're just like any other thing. There, there needs to be a healing because um, people walk around with this stuff all the time and this pain and this frustration. And if there's no, outlet there's no healing it's it's just stuck there um even in kids especially in in children um sometimes people will look at a child and be like what is wrong with that kid why can't they just act right a lot of times it's because they're trying to internalize and deal with a lot of things that are going on at home um and and they don't know who to turn to they don't know how to say it and unfortunately we live in a culture where uh when people get divorced the kids are the, uh, are the, I forget what the word is, but they're a casualty. And, but it's a casualty that we just have in our mind. Oh, they just have to deal with it. This is about me and your mother and, or me and your father. Right. And that's, that's sad because it really isn't just about mom and dad. You know, it's the moment you had that child, it became about more than just mom and dad. Um, but unfortunately, our culture doesn't think like that. No, our culture doesn't think like that. And I would like to invite those listening to please go to our website because we have some wonderful, helpful resources for families. Uh, if you go to nonatus.org, and again, it's spelled N-O-N-N-A-T-U-S.org, and you go to helpful resources, we have a section there called outside resources, which lists several different websites and links that you can find some help. So I just invite you to check that out. Um, we also, for those who are divorced or separated, we have a special link there also called For the Divorced. So if you would go to Helpful Resources and then For the Divorced, uh, our vice president of the foundation, her name is Rose Sweet. She is a Catholic author and national speaker. We're very grateful that she's part of our ministry. And she has some uh, words of wisdom there on the website and also on her own website, which you can check out also at rosesweet.com. Now that would be for those who are uh, the parents, that, that, that would be more for the parents who are affected by uh, divorce and separation. So back to you, John Paul. <laughs> um, I, I'm appreciating the fact that you shared your music with us. Um, I wondered if you could talk a few minutes about, um, in your own music ministry, you have seen people be transformed by music. Can you speak a little bit about that as, as to the healing power of lyrics? I know just listening to those beautiful lyrics of yours, I feel like a little sense of healing in my own heart. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, what do they say? Music is the, the language that kind of connects us, right? But how much more powerful is it when it's from the Holy Spirit, right? Um, 
the, th the thing about music, what I've noticed is, is that you can go to church and you could know the truth and you could, you know, uh, just have a completely silent, let's just say a silent mass. And it's beautiful. It doesn't change that Jesus is Jesus and the Eucharist and all that stuff. But when you add music to it, um, especially music, and let's just say music that stirs a person's soul, that is a game changer because we're called to be people to worship with everything that we are, not just with our mind, but with our bodies um, because we're body, mind, and spirit, right? And soul. So the point is, is that when you can encourage people to sing or even if you just encourage them to internalize the music, it brings them to a whole new, new level. It really does, whether it's at mass or any place else. Uh, but I mean, on the subject of healing though, I've also seen physical healings through that. I, I was at a church once and um, it was, I was speaking to a bunch of parents of kids who were going to receive confirmation. And um, I usually, when I speak to them uh, at the end, I will actually go into the back of the church and sing from the back of the church because I want them to focus on Jesus. And I don't want them to focus on the person singing. So I went in the back of his church and I sang this song I don't even remember what song it was. And uh, because I was just encouraging them to be people of faith, to be people of their word uh, when it comes to their kids, they're bringing their kids to become Catholic. Are they going to actually live that out? That was the point. And so as I went to the back of church, I sang this song and encouraged them through the song to be people of their word, to really give their heart to Christ and to really mean what they say. And so at the end of that song, when everything was over, I had a woman come up to me and she said, I, I just need to talk to you. I said, that's fine. And she said, I don't know if this has ever happened to you before or not. She said, but while you were singing that song, I just closed my eyes and I just listened to the words and I actually pretended that I was singing it to Jesus right in front of me. And I thought that was really cool. She said, but what you don't know is that I hurt my back about a month or two ago. She fell getting out of bed and she had been in pain for those two months, constant pain as she'd been taking medication and all this other stuff. She said, for those few seconds that I was totally focused on Jesus, I had no pain. Wow. She said, I still have no pain. And then she asked me, she said, do you think that Jesus healed me? I said, well, what do you, I mean, you know, look at what you just said. Yes. I mean, the point is, is that music is supposed to bring us closer to Christ to help us focus our energy, our life, our everything on Jesus Christ when it comes to worship. And when we can do that, when we can draw people to that focus, God works. And that's Amen. just cool to say it. So, yeah. With that in mind, I'm looking at the, our clock here. I think we have a time for one more song, if you would. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So whichever one you, you think is best, we're excited to hear. I'm going to play something you never heard. So okay. maybe, you know, to surprise you a little bit, too. And then... Uh, yeah, that'll work. Thank you. So this song, this song is really good, I think, for what we're talking about, though, because this is a song about breaking down walls um, in our life. And uh, it's called The Walls of Jericho. We know that story from the Bible. 
Um, but it's what it's about is really just taking these walls. Like I had these walls of anger up, right? And letting God just break them down. But here's how it goes. I try in this life to be holy in His sight. I try in this life with all my power and my might. And I'll ask for the Holy Spirit to break these walls down. I will ask for the Holy Spirit to break these walls down. we talk about confession we talk about the eucharist and it really kind of dives into how we allow god to break these walls down but then we're short on time so it's like a six minute song or something that's amazing <laughs> i love it and i'm sure that our listeners do too and again i just want to remind them that if they are interested in finding more about your music ministry that the website is single-hearted.com again his name is john paul kasparovich and his last name is spelled K-A-S-P-E-R-O-W-I-C-Z. He is also on social media. I know you have a big social media presence there and, and, and two websites. Now, I figured, uh, John Paul, maybe we can spend a little bit of time since we've talked uh, a bit about your music, is also talking about your farming ministry, which is a way that you take the gifts that you have and to help those who are in need. And I just want to say that for families who are in crisis, that sometimes when we uh, pray and kind of get out of our own misery and pain by helping someone else, 
it makes such a difference for our own healing, as you spoke about uh, in your two songs that you performed for us. Um, your website for farming is bigheartharvest.com. And I'm excited for our listeners to hear about your work. Yeah, sure. You know, th this started really simply, and, and it's not really a huge thing. Uh, we're a small ministry, a small farm, really a small family farm. And this started because, you know, being in, in music ministry and retreat ministry for so long, um, that's a beautiful thing. And we want to bring people to Christ. But there's a passage in the Bible, and I think it's in the letters of James. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is, where James says, if you see somebody's hungry and you just say, oh, I hope you do well and I'll pray for you, and then you go on and you do not give them anything to eat, what good is that? And so for me, I took that passage very literally and, and to have what I consider a balanced ministry. That <laughs> sounds like a cereal, right? A balanced ministry, and that is um, you got to have both. You know, if we're going to minister to people, then we need to minister to a person's soul, but we also have to minister a person uh, physically. And so that's how this all started. Now, being in ministry, I don't have a lot of money. I mean, so, you know, I would love, my wife and I always say to God, like, if you make us a millionaire, we will give so much away, right? I, I don't know how many people probably say that, right? We'll do that, we'll do that. But he hasn't made us millionaires and, and really not even like whatever heirs, you know. So what the, it became, what can I do? I want to help people. What can I do? And then for me, I know that I'm a laborer. I like being a laborer. I like working with my hands. I like working outside. I like working in the dirt. I, I like that. So I figured I, I can't give money, but I can give my labor. And through that labor these fruits will come and then we can feed people through that. So, so that's what we do. Uh, we grow all kinds of vegetables. Um, we raise chickens and we take the eggs and we take the produce and then we just give it away to rescue missions and soup kitchens. Now I try to be a pretty efficient guy because when we do help some people individually. So if anybody out there is in need and you're in the Douglasville, Pennsylvania area, uh, we would love to be able to help you in any way we can. But mostly what we do is we take the produce and, and we go to rescue missions and soup kitchens where we can just give it all away at once. Um, because, you know, um, when you're raising crops and stuff like that, you don't want it to go bad. So, you know, we can take it someplace where we know it's going to get used right away. And a lot of people will be blessed by it. The other part of it is this is, and that is that doing this as a labor um, to me, is also a prayer for people who are in need. And when I pray, I try to give my best. So, yeah, I could go out and buy a bunch of canned food, and I'm not knocking on it. I think that's great if people can do that. But the way I see it is I'm going to give them my best, and if I can grow it and they can have, like, fresh, you know, corn, fresh potatoes, fresh cucumbers, fresh salad, you know, something that's healthy, and we don't use any kind of chemicals or anything like that. So you know, it's totally, uh, I don't know what the word is, but it, but it's fresh and it's good for them. Um, so if we could do that, so we're just constantly trying to give, give our best. And, uh, you know, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't work out, you know, being in farming and whatever, you know, you can have a crop and put all your hard work into it and then something will come along and eat it right up. I mean, right now I'm, I'm out there every day right now, picking these little beetles off my potato plants, you know, and luckily, God helped me with this. This is awesome. This is how God works, okay? Uh, I'm out there every day picking these little beetles off this, these uh, 
these potato plants because they'll just eat the whole thing up and it'll be gone, it'll be a waste. Well, while I'm picking them out, you know, there's a swarm of like ladybugs bugs that comes in. Well, ladybugs are great for potato plants because they eat the other bugs and they eat the little aphids that these other bugs lay, the eggs and all that stuff. So, so it's great. So now I've, each day I've been picking less and less and less off because these ladybugs are in there helping me out, you know? And, and God knows what to do and how to do it. So that's right. That's how it is. But it's been a blessing because we've been able, especially, you know, ever since this COVID thing happened, we've also been able to help some specific families that in our parish and stuff like that, which we're always willing to do. Um, and, and it's been a really, really cool. But my favorite thing about it is when I go to like a, one of the places we take a lot of food to is Hope Rescue Mission. And when I go there, it's always somebody different at the door. And it's just like the music ministry that I had mentioned before. I go there, I give it, the guy doesn't recognize me. I, I'm, I'm there like every week or every other week bringing food, but it's always somebody different. So they don't recognize me. It's not like, oh yeah, you're here again. Whoa, you're such a great guy, right? <laughs> it's just you give it and you give your love and then you go back and you, you do it again. That's what it's all about, right? So um, it's a total blessing. But if anybody wants to check out more about that, again, you can go to bigheartharvest.com. And uh, the one thing I would say, if, if anybody is willing to help us out in a way and support that ministry, of course, we're, we take donations through that ministry, through that website. Um, people can become monthly donors, too, through PayPal. And the only reason I say that is because one of our issues right now is that our land, we rent most of our land, but the land we rent is actually for sale. And uh, so at any day, the, the landlord could come in and say, we sold the land. We would love to be able to purchase the land, but he wants an astronomical amount of money for it right now. And it's actually, he wants way more than it's worth. So we're, we're thinking that it's not going to get sold anytime soon. So, so if we can raise the funds to actually put in an offer at some point, we're trying to do that just to keep doing what we're doing. Um, and if it's the Lord's will, it will be, you know, and that's, that's good for us. Um, but yeah, so that's where we are. It's, it's an awesome thing. And, and I, I just, I love being outside and, and working outside because while you're working, you're praying. That's and right. It's for, it's for the people that are in need and it's, it's a great thing. So, yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned that about the land because uh, we have quite a few listeners that are from all over the place. So I just put a shout out to them to keep it in your prayers about uh, what John Paul has just mentioned about uh, the, the farming land and, and the fact that they're renting that land at this point, but maybe it would be in God's will that they'd be able to purchase it and continue to do this wonderful ministry to helping those who are hungry, which is one of our corporal works of mercy, isn't it? Amen. So, it so beautiful. So beautiful. I, I just love John Paul, your life mission and your life story that you started out as uh, an adult child of divorce. Well, you started out as a, as a child of God, as we always, all of us are, um, but that your parents had gone through that divorce and, and the troubles that came with that for you and your uh, whole family, but how the Lord has worked in your life up until now, and even in, with you and your wife and your kids and the beautiful work that you're doing. And again, just to mention that he has the two ministries, which is the music ministry we learned about at single-hearted.com and the farming ministry at bigheartharvest.com. Now, you mentioned that you're located um, in Pennsylvania. Maybe you can explain to our listeners exactly where you're located, because if they aren't too far from you, they can um, 
maybe connect yeah, in person. Absolutely. Yeah. We're so we're in between Pottstown, Pennsylvania, and Reading, Pennsylvania. So um we're about 10 minutes west of Reading. Or excuse me, 10 minutes east of Reading, excuse me, and really five minutes west of Pottstown. So we're right in the middle. If people were to drive up you know, like 422. Um, if you go from the turnpike to 422, there's no lights. And then all of a sudden you hit a, one light and that's Douglasville. And then Douglasville is no more. <laughs> that's it. It's just, it's one light. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're in that area and uh, we're by a, a restaurant um, in, in called uh, Yellow House Hotel, which is, it's a, actually an 18th century, whatever, you know, fine dining restaurant or something like that. But, but it's really nice. Anyway, so we're like right down the street from there. So. It's it's a beautiful place to live. We have a, we're really blessed. I mean, we have a beautiful view. And you know, the funny thing is, is I actually had a dream about this place before we ever moved here. Years before we ever moved here, which I had written down. And when we saw the place, and we saw the mountains surrounding it, which were in my dream and stuff like that, and the pond my neighbor has next door, that was in my dream. And I was like, this this is it. Like so so I know God's got a plan here. We'll see what he that sure is. Does. Long, so. I would invite people to now. Do you have a donate button on your websites? Because yeah. maybe you mentioned mm -hmm. about this, the land and, and the farming that you do to help the poor. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell them how they can find that and where, where on the website is it? Yeah, they can go. Uh, there's two, there's two ways. You can go to the website and uh, there's a button that says donate and that will go through PayPal. But there's also a link on there for a GoFundMe page as well. Um, so, so we have both. Um, GoFundMe is like for more for one-time donations. PayPal actually gives you the opportunity, which some people do take, and that is to become monthly recurring donors. And so that's always helpful uh, because, you know, expenses do, there are operating expenses. And as we're trying to go and expand, um, you know, it gets a little more and more expensive each time. But, you know, if the people are willing to do that, we would, we would love to, to have them jump on board. And, you know, the, the great thing is my wife's part in this a lot of times is uh, she's the one who always tends to send out the correspondence and thank you. She always writes like a, a very, you know, handwritten personal note to anybody who donates, but then she is also an artist. So she also sends them a little, uh, little painting, oil painting that she does. Um, and I believe this, this time right now is this little rooster she's been painting, but, uh, and it's a beautiful thing. So it's kind of one way that, you know, we can all take part as a family in this. So. Yeah, amazing. We're coming a little bit closer to the end of the podcast. And for those who are listening, who are individuals or perhaps families who are affected by some kind of crisis, whatever that may be. I mean, tonight's topic was obviously John Paul is an adult child of divorce, but the Lord has worked so much in his life to bring healing. And I think uh, in my own uh, you know, evaluation of what I'm seeing uh, uh, through your life, is that through the gifts that you give to others, it has brought you so much healing through your music ministry, through your farming ministry, and just through being a great dad and husband um, has brought you so much healing. I wondered if you could speak a few words to those who, uh, maybe they are an adult child of divorce or someone affected by divorce. Would you have any words of encouragement for them to find that closer relationship with the Lord? Yeah, I think the first thing would be what I started out with and is that if, if you have not found it in your heart uh, to forgive your parents, uh, that you got to start there. And I know for a lot of people, that's a difficult thing to do because there's a lot of deep hurts that come along with that. But 
um, once we forgive, the Lord kind of opens up our, our minds a little bit to also understand more of, of their mindset at the time and their, uh, what they were thinking and, and maybe how they were hurt or what their upbringing caused them to be in that situation that they're in. You know? So I would just say pray for understanding and forgiveness. Those are the main things. And reach out you know, to your parents, if they're still alive, you know, reach out to them. Um, and I, I have noticed for myself, I spent some time with my mom uh, over the summer. She lives in Arizona, which she, if you could pray for her too, she's in the hospital right now. She had surgery yesterday and she's still there. Not yesterday, she had surgery last week and she's still there. But besides that, um, I spent some time with my mom and, and we actually had a really great heart to heart talk about things that had happened years and years ago. And what I realized is that my mom really had no recollection of them. A lot of the things that really, really hurt me, uh, she didn't actually remember. She didn't realize that she did. And it was a big eye opener for her because it helped her to see from my point of view a little bit, some of the things that I went through afterwards. But it also helped me to understand that, you know, we all have a selective memory a lot of times. Yes. There are things that will, I will remember that someone else might not. Things that will hurt me and I'll take to heart that another person maybe didn't even realize that they said it a certain way or did a certain thing or whatever. And so they don't remember it because it wasn't a big deal to them. But to you, it's a big deal. So I would also encourage people to think about that because, of course, we remember it because it's a hurt. Um, but... The, Maybe our parents just, they weren't in that mindset at that time and they didn't mean to hurt us um, in, in any way. And, and of course, going through divorce and stuff like that, I, I don't think parents are mean to hurt their kids. They just don't. But in that moment and um, that struggle that they're having with their marriage, they're focused solely on that and not on, on their children. So they don't remember a lot of the things that took place. And uh, so that's, I think that's a key thing for people to understand. Um, but again, pray for forgiveness and understanding. That would be my big thing. Oh, that's perfect, actually. So pray for forgiveness and understanding. And I think what you said also that parents don't always remember the things that they say and do when it comes to with their kids when they're going through that divorce and they're going through that trial. There could be some relational issues there that they're just not aware of. So thank you for bringing that to the forefront. So we're coming kind of to the end of the podcast, and I'm just so grateful to you, John Paul. This has been awesome. And I remind our listeners that we do two podcasts a month. We have the first Tuesday of every month at 8 p.m. Eastern, and that one is for those affected by divorce. And then we also have one at the last Thursday of every month at 8 p.m. Eastern, for Families in Crisis, and that's where this podcast will be. This one will be broadcasted on the last Thursday of July. So we'll meet again for this particular one the last Thursday of August. So again, if you want to connect with John Paul Kasparovich, it's single-hearted.com, that's his music ministry, and bigheartharvest.com, that's the farming ministry. So he does amazing work, and I'm definitely going to invite him to come back on this podcast because he has... Uh, so much to offer. And also a reminder to all of you 
that we are here, the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. We are rooted through the Mercedarian Religious Order, and our uh, website is nonatus.org, N-O-N-N-A-T-U-S. My name is Anne DeSantis, and I am the director, the spiritual moderator who's here with us on this premiere on YouTube. His name is Father Kenneth Breen, and he is here for you as well to uh, talk to you if you happen to want to make an appointment with uh, either him or both of us. Uh, we do individual uh, appointments, so please reach out. I will give you my email address, which is director.srnf at gmail.com. Please reach out. I'll even give you my cell number if you'd like to uh, t send a text would be the best thing um, before a phone call if you could. 215-870-9913. Uh, Again, 215-870-9913. Again, for John Paul Kasparovich and for myself, uh, I will see you next month and please continue your prayers for families in crisis. John Paul, thank you. Thank you, Anne. It's good to be here. God bless everyone. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, visit nonatus.org or email director.srnf at gmail.com. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.